then we allow ourselves to be led by our emotions that when even God speaks, we don't even hear Him or we choose not to hear Him. So, there are times where God wants you to separate from people, He wants you to separate from things. Yet we do not separate from them. There is a given time, there is a given time, alright, where you are supposed to separate from your home and board a car. And there is a time where you separate from your car and you come for service. And there is a time when you separate from the service and you go back home. There are people that the Lord expects you to separate from and when He allows you to separate from them, He doesn't expect you to be or to force them to be the same people they were in the past. When God separates you from people, they are in your past. They are not your enemies. They are in your past. This even includes your exes. Your exes are not supposed to be your enemies. The people who used to be in your life and they used to be active in your life, but as a time, as it is right now, they are no more active in your life as they used to be. And it seems as though uh, there is some kind of fool between you guys. Listen, you are not supposed to make enemies of anyone. Allow them to make enemies of you, but don't make enemies of anyone. However, if the Lord sees their time in your life at this point in time is over, understand that it is over. And don't force them to be what they used to be in your life. That's one of the major problems that most of us have when people are separated from us or we are separated from people. Sometimes we get to a point where we are emotional, where we want, we still want them to be what they used to be for us. And we end up calling, we end up texting, we end up doing all sorts of things to get these people back in our life like they used to, without understanding the will of God in that thing. Not everyone in your life is being sent by God into your life to be in your life forever. Not everyone in your life is sent to be in your life forever. And however, there are some people who are supposed to be in your life forever. And you will be able to identify that by the help of the Holy Spirit. And I will explain further the book of Judges, chapter 6, the verse 10 to 22. environment a particular people a particular place and you disobey him there are consequences to that and yet you begin to lament as though god is not with you so what did gideon do in the next verse now the angel of the lord came and sat under the Our lives can be dormant. Don't forget that. 
So that there came a time when God has decided Gideon to be in a particular land with a particular group of people. And Gideon disobeyed. And the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and was telling Gideon that the Lord is with you, Gideon. And Gideon was like, but if God is with me, what, why are all these things going on in my life? If this is a prophecy in my life, why am I going through all this battle? And Gideon began to question the angel of God. If you say God is in my life, why is everything not all right in my life? If God has said this is his will for me, why am I still facing challenges in his will for me? Gideon began to question, he began to lament, he began to murmur against the angel of God. But forgetting that he first disobeyed God. And that is why things are going the way it is going. So things were going the way they were supposed to go, not because God wanted it to be so, but because of the actions and the disobedience of Gideon, things were going the west or the south in the life of Gideon, and he began to lament. He began to lament. Anytime God speaks to you to either separate from someone and separate unto someone, or separate from a place unto another place, there is a need for you to accept that instructions and follow it to the latter. But Gideon did not do so. And after not doing so, when the questions were playing out, he began to blame God that God is not with him. And the angel said, God is with you. But he wasn't seeing it. And then he goes further to say that, where are the miracles that our forefathers told us about? So when you equally disobey God, when God tells you to separate from some people or what place in a particular place, there are miracles you will not see. There are some aspects of God you will never experience in your life because of disobedience. And that is why I, I, I am not able to disobey God no matter where I find myself. No matter how I find myself. Because if I dare disobey, I will find myself in a place. I would rather lose my relationship with the man than lose my relationship with God. It's more vulnerable to me. It is more vulnerable to me than with man. However, God himself will grant me wisdom to be able to live with man. So when God separates us from a particular people, Lord, let's not think it's a curse that sometimes when this separation comes as a blessing in disguise. Now let's move to the verse, the chapter 7. Or you read it, verse 22. The last verse, 22. Judges verse, chapter 6, verse 22. Yes, please. So because of time, we have to fast forward. But in between the verse 12 and the verse uh, 21, the angel of the Lord began to work miracles in front of Gideon to prove to Gideon that God is with him, Gideon. And after Gideon seeing the miracle that was right now in his life, he then said, Alas, now I can perceive that God is with me. So already God was with him, but he could not perceive it because of his disobedience. Now, the chapter 7, the verse 2 to the verse 7. Judges chapter 7, the verse 2 to the verse 7. So this is Gideon going to battle. He's going to war. And as much as Gideon is going to war, he went to war with 32,000 people. In the early days, we are going for battle. Numbers are key. As much as strategy is key. But to God, numbers is not much important as the strategy. So when Gideon heard of the war that is coming and the Lord says, I'm going to give these people into your hand and you are going to win the battle, quickly Gideon began to assemble people onto war. And he assembled 32,000 people onto war to go fight his enemies. But when God saw 32,000 people, he says, Gideon, these people are too many. How? I must win war with many people. I must win war with many people. Yet God is saying, I don't need many people to win war. You need me plus you. Oh my goodness. You plus God is majority, definitely. It can't be overemphasized. Alright, let's move on, God. He says, God says, you are too many for me to give you the Midianites. You are too many for me to make you win the war. Why? Because he said again that if he gave the people to him for him to win the war, he will boast in his strength. He will boast in the fact that the people were many. So because of that, God had to cut down the number to make him know that he is God. There are some people God will cut you from just to prove that he's God. There are some provisions God will cut you from to prove that he's God. There are some things that God will not give you in your life to prove that he is God in your life. 
Because if someone in your life is doing those things for you, you will not have the ability to perceive God at work in your life. If you have your parents providing everything for you and you have no problem, you will think that, ah, I am doing this because I have parents. So there are some ways that God can be able to cut you away from that relationship that you'll be able to acknowledge that if it is not God, I won't be here. There are many people who boast in chariots. There are many people who boast in horses. But there are some others who boast in the deliverance of the Lord. Because for them, they don't have chariots. For them, they don't have horses. The only thing they have is God. Are you here? So there are some times that God will even cut you from some protocols. God will cut you from some connections. God will cut you from some admissions. God will cut you from some jobs. So you can boast that it is not by my job that I can survive, but it is by God. <laughs> and you see, sometimes when we have many people in our lives, we are not able to see the effective power of God at work in us because we have many people. Now, for instance, we want to buy a land for the ministry, or we are praying for a land for the ministry, and which we have already won the case, by the way. Okay, so. <laughs> So we are paying for a land for the ministry. Assuming we have multitude, let's assume we have 700 people, okay, 700 people, and everyone is paying offering every time. Let's say everyone is even paying offering one one CD. It means that every Sunday we are having offering of 700 CDs. In some few times we can pay for the land easily. But with our number now, it will take us some time to be able to pay. Now, after we have paid, we will be able to acknowledge that it is by God that we are able to pay for that land. Are you here? But if you have the numbers, it will be much more easy. So there are some times that God cuts down some things in your life to make you experience Him and give Him the glory. Listen, God doesn't hate the people He cuts out of your life. Neither will God hate the people you cut off your life. Listen, God does those things sometimes to bring glory into His own life. Not into your life per se, but into his own life. So when people are leaving, don't always add emotions. Seek for the great the wisdom of God in that situation or the will of God in what you are going through. The other time when we were doing the midnight cry, I was that was led to prophesy to a lady who was heading a ministry called um, the priest of the Lord. And the Lord was saying that. There are people that are leaving her ministry and the people that are leaving her, even the new people she has gotten, they are leaving and she's beginning to question if God has called her and if uh, she's supposed to do ministry and what have you, what is wrong with her, is there something wrong with her? And also there's nothing wrong with her, but it is the doing of the Lord to set her onto a higher pace. Now she, after the the service, she came to te- uh, text me on WhatsApp and she was telling that Bishop, this is exactly what I am going through. I just wanted to just end it all. I don't want to just do this anymore. I just want to go and join a ministry and that's it. Ah, this is not the will of God for you. It's a stage in ministry. It is a stage in ministry. And this and this and this is what God has in store for you. But without having this knowledge, she would have given up and cut off. And many destinies will be in shambles because she's not obeying the will of God for her life. And she thought that joining another ministry will be the best than doing her own thing. Are you here? There are sometimes God will take people out of your life and it's not because you've done anything bad. No. It's not because you've done anything bad. They are the will of God. Yet again, there are some people that will be taken out of your life and it is your own will, or it is your own character, or it is your own behavior, or it is some things that you've done. But I'm talking about God here in context. How God is able to take certain people out of our life. When God tells you that, that this person in your life, their time have come to an end. It is important that you obey and you accept it. Don't prolong it. The more you prolong it, the more you disobey that time frame God has given you, you will find yourself in many troubles that you've ever been. Are you here? Oh no, God, let's go on. Okay. So because of that, God doesn't want them to boast in their own works. Not by minds, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. For them not to boast in their own works, He says they have cut out the number. Move on, man of God.
Okay, so in the 32,000 that Gideon was going to war with, thinking he was going to win the battle, among the 32,000, 22,000 of the people among Gideon were afraid. They were warriors, they were part of the warrior team, but they were afraid. And so they would have gone to war, they had 32,000 people, and at the time of the battle, when these people see, they would run. So sometimes, you see, you may not know. You tell us that you're NCs but I'm doing, they are not seeing what you're seeing. They are not perceiving what God is making you perceive. So they'll say, oh, NCs if Gideon had disobeyed God, he would have gone to the battle and would have lost the battle because what? The 22,000 people who were supposed to leave are still there and they were fighting in fear, not in faith. How can I go to war with 32,000 people and I'm going to lose? And now you, God tells me that if I reduce the number, that is when I'm going to win the battle. And then when he asked the people who are afraid to leave, that 22,000, not five people, not 10, 22,000 people were afraid among the 32. And then it was left with 10,000. Listen, when you know too many people, don't think you're more more. <laughs> when you have many people around you, and sometimes uh, it is dangerous. It is dangerous to have too many friends. It's important to have mentors who speak in your life in different aspects of your life. But then when you begin to have multiple, more than enough, you have them conflicting. It's important. Yes, you have bishop as your spiritual father, whatever it is. But then it's important to have another mentor in business. Yes, I know business, but I can be in that aspect also. It's not bad to call him another mentor in other fields of your life. But it shouldn't be one too many, but they begin to conflict in your life. So, for instance, if Mr. Bosnia wants to take me as a mentor in fashion, I don't sew. So that would be a limitation in that aspect. So she needs then to take a mentor who can sew and teach her much things beyond sewing, which I cannot teach her. But there must be an agreement between that mentee and the mentor that this person occupies this aspect of my life. So there will be no conflict of interest. Are we here? Gideon had this problem of having too many people around him, and because of the many people he had around him, he was too confident that he was going to win. Until God made him aware that the people who are around you, yet they are great. They are around you, but they are not for you. They are with you, but not for you. Okay, one of the move on. Yes, uh, you know, the Lord said to Gideon, mm-hmm. the men are still too many. The Lord said, even 10,000 that you have, they are still many. There are people in the 10,000 that even if you go to war again with, you still lose the battle. Bring them down to the water, mm-hmm. and I will test them for you there. Okay. So at, sorry, man of God. So at any point of your life, at any stage of your life, you will see friends come off your life. You will see people that you used to be very close to, you are no more close to them like you used to. And you think, what is going on? Sometimes it's not because of any problem. Sometimes it's not because they're jealous you. Sometimes it's not because they don't like you. Sometimes it is because it is time. Their assignment in your life, it is time. And the reason why I'm saying that make no enemy of anyone who was in your past is because sometimes the people, when their time is over in your life and you separate from them, there are another time that God will bring them back into your life to be help unto you. That is why it is important to keep relationships and not to keep quarrels around. You can have your ex not as an enemy. But let the ex be placed at a particular position that will not jeopardize your current relationship or current marriage. But make no enemy of an ex. It is very important. Make no enemy of an ex. But put the ex in that right position where it will not jeopardize your current relationship and marriage. It is important. You can cut someone off and yet they are still not your enemy. It is very much important. So then they were going to war, and the Lord says, Let them go and drink water. And by the way they drink water, the Lord will say, Take them out. How? So sometimes the Lord can even tell you that, okay, go somewhere with a friend. When they eat like this, 
When they eat like this, don't be their friend again. And when they eat like this, be their friend. And you go, ah, what is God saying? Maybe it's my mind. Man of God, move on. Listen to what God said. Just bring in water. That's why I don't joke with anything. I'm, I'm spiritual about anything. Sorry for me. Okay, man of God. I will test them there. They are going to battle. Why will God test them at the seaside or the riverside? What is it? I am a warrior. What will me holding cameras do with water? Me drinking water. Okay. And he of whom I said, this man shall go with you. Shall go with you. So whoever I say, whoever me God I say will go with you, will go with you. And whoever I say should not go with you, will not go with you. It is God that determines who is supposed to be in your life and who is supposed to be outside your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he brought the man down to the water. Yes, please. And the Lord said to him, mm-hmm. Everyone who laughs at the water with his tongue, mm-hmm. as a dog laughs it, okay. he shall set by himself. Mm-hmm. Likewise, everyone who bowed down to his knee to drink. Mm-hmm. Verse 6. Mm-hmm. And the number of those who laugh, mm-hmm. putting their hands to their mouth, mm-hmm. was. Okay. But all the rest of the people fell down mm-hmm. upon their knees to pray. Okay, so this is this is this. I don't know how I can demonstrate this to you. Okay, so perhaps you might have seen it in movies. In some points when they are at war or they are in a desert or a particular place are searching for water and they see the water, they go to a point where they fetch the water with their palms and they drink. So God says the people who fetch the water with their palms and they drink. They are the people who are supposed to go to war with you. But the people who kneel down, alright, and they lick the water with their tongue, they are supposed to be outside the people who are supposed to go with war for, with you. So he says, like a dog, how do dogs drink water? They lick with their tongue, what are the hole? So it's, those people, God ascribes them as dogs. They are not fit for war. How will God tell the way someone drinks water, they're supposed to be in my life and not be in my life? How? How? So if I tell you the reason why I'm not talking to this person or this person was in my life anymore was because of this English of you here where we did. This one too. And there are some things that will not make sense. Even if Gideon had told the people, this is the reason why I took you outside the world, they might even be bored. They will be angry with you, this one too. And yet God gives you signals, even with friends you should keep, even by the way they dress, by the way they talk. God gives you signals and yet you still ignore the signals. You want friends who come to you and talk to you plenty about people. And they're the same person, the same person the one you're going to talk to about your own problem. And yet God is giving you a signal. Yet you can't see the signal. But you still keep such friendship and such communications. There are some people that God takes out of your life. This particular story is a story where these people did Spartacus. You know that movie, Spartacus, Spartans, 300. This is the story, it's Gideon, not Spartan. They are just reading the story. However, how would I be able to go to war with 300? The seven said that the people that are allowed to go are the people you should go with, and those who are prevented from going with should be the people you don't go with. Which people have God allowed you to be with? And who has God not allowed you to be with? Who? There are some times where we ourselves, even when God has told us to be with someone, we even leave and go be with someone else. If God has told us to stop this business, we will leave and go be with someone else. We will do so. Who has God asked you to separate from? And who has God asked you to separate onto? There are people that God has commanded us to separate from, and there are people God has commanded us to separate onto. I don't have many friends. I don't have many friends. I don't have many friends. Perhaps not even friends. Maybe I have brothers. Maybe I have sons and daughters. But friends, maybe one. Maybe one. But I don't have friends. I tell you all the time, someone cry out our call and chit chat. I, 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 no, 
because they are bad. Not because I don't have minister friends or people who are into ministry at my generation. I do. But I am simply working by the instructions of God. What instruction has God given you? For your business, what instruction has God given you? For your ministry, what instruction has God given you? For even your relationship, what instruction has God given you? Even for your financial life, what instruction has God given you? How much did God say you should save every month? Are you doing it? Or you are not? Which people has God asked you to be with you? There are many things the Lord has separated us from and yet the same things God has separated us from are the same things we run to. I remember some years back, the Lord was trying to separate Pastor Divine from worldly songs so he can concentrate much better in ministry and yet he was so much in love with worldly songs. <laughs> it's funny. This is what happens. So when the power have what this song on his phone, every Sunday I take the phone and I go and I see that the only song and I'll delete it. Okay. When I delete it, he will get bored by him talk and then he will go home. He will download the songs again. <laughs> the next Sunday we meet, I take the phone again, I see it, I, I delete it. He will get bored. Okay, then the next moment I start, every time I delete it, he goes home and goes to do the same thing again and come back. Okay, so then I reported it to our Godfather. <laughs> this is what is happening. By every time the Bolo took the case, no brother can see the show. So now he stopped listening to the worldly song and he began to focus his attention on the Christian songs. There are some times that God brings certain people in your life to help you separate certain things in your life and they be seen as nuisance. We don't have it too much. They don't bring any vampire. Amen. You can't have any the devil can say much, even when I'm here, but will be But then, it is to a greater good. Now, after doing all those things and going through all those processes of pruning and separation, he is a pastor. He is a pastor. I thought to give glory to God. But by then, I was worrying. Like how so many of you are worrying. The pastor used to delete the song and go and Download again. <laughs> like how some of you, you listen to a message and today you feel all ginger, you delete some videos on your phone, some pictures, some contacts. Sometimes they be there and I say, oh, let me take a down line for the person. This person talks to the person again after a week. Hey, what's up? What are you doing? I see there are some things that when the Lord separates us from, we are equally supposed to separate ourselves from. Obeying the word of God will lead us to greater heights. Now let's quickly move on. Even in the life of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ himself, through the Lord, or the scriptures tells us to separate ourselves from, or to imitate Jesus Christ, the Lord admonish us to imitate Jesus. He himself even separates himself from things. There are times when we see Jesus Christ in the company of 5,000 people. Jesus Christ is in the company of 5,000 people. And yet, among that 5,000 people, there are days where he separates himself from the 5,000 people and he goes to be between the 12 people. And then he leaves the 12 and he leaves about 9 of them down and he goes in the company of 3. At certain point in time also, he leaves the company of 3 and he goes and goes to be with the Father. To go and encounter God at a particular level. Are you here? He was with 5,000. If it's sometimes more than 5,000, then he comes to the 12, then he leaves 9 and go with 3, and then he leaves 3 and go alone to work with the Father. Some of you, when it is time for prayers, you can't even leave your friends. When it's time to fast and your people are eating, you can't even leave the food. It will make you sing some way, so you want to eat with them in the office. When you go to office, you are, you are fasting. As the people are eating some food, some bubble bee, you know, some anybody watching, she told me, you know, but you go and say, first you eat, you are really watching that. Then you break the fast over there. 
that there are times that God <laughs> there are times that God expects us to separate ourselves from food and separate ourselves onto fasting for an encounter and yet we lose certain encounters, certain blessings, certain experiences because of government which you can eat after the fast and sometimes I know that sometimes your craving comes when you are eating fasting the things you pray for you will never pray for them until you are fasting but why is this so? they are all part of the temptations yet you need to separate yourself from the temptations and separate yourself onto the fast for an experience when it is time for Jesus to encounter God he learns how to separate himself from the twelve he doesn't even care what the feelings of the three will be he still separates himself from the three and goes to experience God for himself and when he comes and he finds them sleeping he goes back so you couldn't even wait with me for an hour why because even, even if they went to Jesus they will be sleeping and when they are sleeping you will be distracted and praying are sleeping and you wake up all those distractions will distract you from encountering God all, that's why we admonish you to close your eyes when you are praying because there are distractions around. Imagine Jesus had gone with the disciples to go and pray. Perhaps he would have even encountered Moses and Elijah and he would be transfigured. There are certain encounters if you want to have with God, you need to separate yourself. There are some times where even Jesus himself even separates himself from discussions that the disciples are having. He goes to rest himself away from some discussions. There are times you need to rest yourself from some movies. Rest yourself from some series, some songs, some people. Just fast away from them. Give yourself personal fasting. This week I am not watching this movie, this type of movies. I'm not watching this. I'm not talking to this type of people. Give yourself some kind of fast. Not only fast from food, from food, sorry. Fast from your phone sometimes also. This week I will not use my phone like I used to. So those of you have iPhone, you have something like screen time. Learn, learn how to reduce your screen time. Your phone will come. You in the, in, the, in, in, in 24 hours, you've used your phone for about, um, let's say, 20 hours. You say, no, today I'm going to reduce it. Learn to fast away from some things. So you can have personal encounters with God. So in the boat, Jesus went to rest. The disciples were discussing, they were talking. And Jesus went to rest away from that discussion. And when there were storms, now they wanted to call Jesus. And that was when Jesus woke up. Sometimes not every discussion involved or something. No, 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 no. It's not everything people are telling and are talking to you when and then when talks on. Sometimes just leave it. Jesus tried it and we must be calling them it. Are we here? Are we here? Not everyone, everything that everyone is wearing that you should also wear it. And you need to start with our bow. Now so called. And there's sometimes when we rush ourselves into certain businesses that ends us up in losses. For instance, this COVID era. There were some businesses that came out. There were many people that were rushing. Most marks, face shield, then, then, then. All, all kinds of things. All kinds of things. People were doing business because of that moment. So they should have known when to cash out and when to separate themselves from the business. And then they will make uh, a profit. Now, many of them are making loss. How much is uh, most marks now? How much, how much is face shield? By people are wearing it on TV, it is nine so fifty Ghana. Today, how much is it? Someone like me said that oh, 150. Some people are just extorting people, money from people, anyhow. How much is it now? But when we are able to inquire from the Lord, we will be able to separate ourselves from losses and separate ourselves onto profits. It's very much important. But when we are not in tune with God and not obey God, we will only end up in losses. We will only end up in losses. Look at what happened. Corona. I know some of you were want, wanting to do some businesses. You know, we wanted to cash out. Where are their businesses now? Where is Corona itself now? And yet, when God was saying that, do this, do that, do that, He did not do it. When people are sewing shadow, do material nose marks. People design their own nose marks. Fashion designers design their own nose marks. Where are all those designs? Maybe they might have cashed out in that moment. 
But what about now? Oh, I remember I used to sew some trousers and it's one of those marks. No, I'm cool. My nose and my trousers instead. <laughs> but you see, we need to be able to learn how to separate ourselves from certain things when God has instructed us to. We need to be able to separate ourselves from the things the Lord wants us to separate ourselves from. And also people. Also places. 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 Environments. They can, they can bring a counterfeit spirit into our bodies. Jesus separated himself. How about this? Even Jesus separated himself from certain discussions. Why can't we separate ourselves from certain discussions? I remember some minister friends were calling me then, talking about some man of God. I just listened to them that I just don't want to comment about this again. So they knew that I don't want to talk about it. Now they can't call me about those issues. Funny now, this lady who I want to make up with this man of God. So if I have joined them, I'll be the best bad person. And when they were going to make up, they didn't, they didn't send me. You should learn. And we're praying at a midnight prayer this very Friday. And I'm seeing that sometimes your mentor can lead you and make you worse by their negligence and their mistake. Sometimes you should know when to even separate yourself, yourself from the advice of your mentors. Be led by the Spirit. I'm serious. Even as I am here, no matter who speaks to me, I will hear God also. I will have a confirmation in my spirit before I take any actions. Have that confirmation in your spirit. There was a guy I met yesterday, we were talking, and he was opening up to me how that his mentor, his father, his spiritual father, got close to his girlfriend. And in that process, he is dating the girlfriend now, and that man of God has broken up and had a divorce with a wife of 24 good years. A marriage of 24 good years had to be separated two years ago because of him and his girlfriend. This guy is a man of God. His girlfriend, another man of God, has taken who was his father. You see how they open them up? Things are happening in this world. And the man cursed him and the man told him he would die. Man of God, your mentor, your father. But I'm saying that sometimes separation is key. You should know when I'm going off. If you can't talk about it, pray for me. Pray for me. If I'm going off, don't follow me. Follow God. Paul says it also. Imitate me if even as I imitate Christ. But the moment I stop imitating Christ, don't imitate me. The only time you are allowed to follow me is when I'm following Christ. The moment you see that I'm not following Christ, that moment, leave it. Leave me alone. Then go and pray for me. How can my mentor take my wife or my woman that I and in so doing the man of God says break up? Break up. Break up. He didn't know why the man of God was saying break up. But the man of God was saying break up because he wanted a girl. To the point where the wife of the man of God had issues with the guy also. Until when the woman herself, her eyes got open that this is what is going on. This is in Ghana, this is not story, this is someone I know, close man of God in ministry. Things are happening. Again, as much as God wants us to separate ourselves from certain people, certain places, and certain things, there are things and people God doesn't want us to separate from. And yet we separated ourselves from them before time. Sometimes when it's not yet time, and we separate ourselves from certain people we are not supposed to separate ourselves from, we end up enduring their consequences without even knowing. There are some of you who end, ended certain relationships you are not supposed to end at the time you ended them. Yes. Not every relationship is forever. But there are some, some of them which perhaps should have ended in 2016 and then 2017. And that some perhaps should have ended 2016, you ended them 2015. That is why it's important to work by discernment. It's important to work by what? It is key. 
it is key. So, for instance, the issue of Esther, Esther chapter 2, man of God, verse 1 to the verse 4. Two, the verse one to the verse four. Are you doing one, two, and three or four? So this was an opportunity created in Azazel's kingdom, his palace. Vasti did something against the king, and the king was angry. He wanted someone to replace Vasti. Vasti was the wife or the queen, the queen of Azazel. Man, go move on. Then the king's mm-hmm. who ministered to him said, "Let beautiful young virgin oh, yeah, yeah. search for the king." Mm-hmm. So the king is coming to do selection. Maidens, virgins are coming to dance in front of the king, and the king will choose. His love. Alright? But first of all, a vacant was supposed to be created. And God Himself was the one who was creating this vacancy for Esther to come in. There are some times that God will take certain people out of your life to make some people come in. Don't close that, that chance. You know, some of us will say, I'm not going to marry anymore, I'm not going to date anymore, I'm tired of all these things. Yet God allowed that thing to happen to allow the real person come in. And yet we have closed our heart. And when the person comes, brother's own, sister's own. Best friend. Bestie, bestie. We have zoned the people. We have closed our heart. And yet God himself created that vacancy. Every time this girl will come to me and come and tell you, this guy is doing me this, this guy, this girl is doing me this. They will come and cry on your shoulder. They will go, they will come and cry. They will go, they will come and cry on you. And you, you can't see that it is you. You are the main person. You can't see that the reason why God is breaking up all those relationships because of you. And you, too, you have good hearts, you are listening to them. Esther's, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, mm-hmm. 
So Esther was an orphan. The was beautiful and loved. She was beautiful. She was not just not. She was just not an orphan, but she was beautiful. Not only beautiful, but she was lovely. Esther was lovely. Esther was beautiful. Esther was not only beautiful, but she was lovely. There are sometimes you can have beautiful people, but musuba inye. But there are some people you can have them say, oh, wait, musuba inye, but they need inye. Oh no no I am balancing. But there are some people if you have the face, they have the face, they have the body, they have the character. Complete package. This was Esther. Esther was a complete package. Say Father, Father. bless me bless with the complete package. With God, all things are possible. Your husband, your wife, your spouse can be made a complete package for you right now. They can't. So they, they said, uh, we are sitting here. Okay, it's what you believe that you have happens to you. Let's move on. And when her father and mother died, Mordecai began to be the guardian of Esther. She began to mentor Esther. She began to parent Esther. And what did Mordecai do? So when the king's command and his decree was proclaimed, The guy was the keeper of the woman, and Mordecai sent Hagar to the place. Mm-hmm. And the maiden pleased mm-hmm. and obtained his favor. Mm-hmm. And he speedily gave her the tent so for she, her She did what he speedily because of Mordecai. Mordecai was again the protocol of Esther. And because of Mordecai, Esther was giving speed reception on Benikino. They needed to purify themselves before they come and dance before the king. But even in the purification, I am not that. It did not start when he was in the, in the palace and the king found, he found favor inside of the king. No. Even before they began to dress and clean out themselves, favor was already there. She was speedily taken care of. Anything you need in your life, may God speed it up for you. Amen. May it be speeded up in the name of Jesus. Amen. May every offer, any application, any visa, any contract, anything you need, be speeded up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Move on, move on. And her portion of food mm-hmm. and the seven chosen maids. Even her food was done speedily. To be given her for the king's palace. Mm-hmm. And he removed her and her maids to the first apartment in the she was also given the best apartment. On your queen, by your treating her. Who is Esther? The orphan. Beautifully, beautiful and lovely. Okay. Esther had not made known her nationality or her kindness. Mm-hmm. So Monica had said This is it. This is the main thing. When Esther got there and she was giving those protocols, scriptures say that Mordecai did never, she never revealed her nationality because what Mordecai had spoken to her. If Esther hadn't listened to Mordecai, she would not have been the queen. She wouldn't have been the first lady. She, if you don't understand something here, he was not only mentoring Esther. She, he was giving Esther an instruction. Don't reveal where you are coming from. So I will say, ah, I need, I need to be truthful. If I keep it, I'm, I may be lying. But the man of God said, Malikaya said, don't open your mouth to talk about where you are going. Where are coming from? What did they ask me where I'm coming from? And then Malikaya will say, say something else. And he said, man of God, hey, you sure are making me lie. God said, that's not lie. We'll talk about this one day. <laughs> about the other side of God. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be clear about some things you preach about some lies and some things, but some things are permissible in some ways. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But here, the main point is that if Esther had disobeyed the instructions of Mordecai, Esther wouldn't have been the first lady. One major instruction she had to obey was never to tell where she was coming from. 
Because if she says it, they are loaded as slaves. And she will not be worthy to marry the king. And she needed to be quiet about it. That instruction was given by her mentor. There are some people that God doesn't want you to separate from. Mordecai and Esther had entered the palace. She was treated fine. She could have said, now I have entered the palace, I don't need Mordecai again. But even though she was in the palace, she still had Mordecai as her mentor. And Mordecai gave her the key to being able to stay in the palace. Sometimes some people enter into places and they think they don't need their mentor again. But in order of the sustenance of where they are, they need their mentor for sustenance. They need the advice of the mentor for sustenance. They need the wealth of wisdom of the mentor for sustenance. Sometimes some people can get something and think, oh, I don't need him anymore. I'll say my brother. Sometimes my brother cry and call. Then call. That's it. If she had done that thing, she would have lost the queenship. But even though she was in the palace, she knew that she still needed Mordecai. She needed Mordecai more than even Mordecai needed her. Then eventually she had the opportunity to come and deliver her people. And even that, she being able to deliver her people from slavery was by the instruction of Mordecai for them to fast. Are you here? There are some people God will instruct you to separate from, and there are some people God will ask you to be with forever. The same way, like Ruth and Zipporah. Ruth separated herself from Zipporah and separated herself unto Naomi. And by doing so and following Naomi, and she said, The God will my God. When you die, I will be buried that same place. Oh, yes. When you go, I shall go. And by that doing and that oath that she proclaimed, Scripture says she had the opportunity to marry one of the richest men of the time, who was called Boaz, just by obedience, just by separating from one angle and separating onto another angle. Anytime God separates you from something, He is separating you onto something. God will never separate you from something and leave you idle. God will never make you stop a job and make you uh, not have anything to do and just sit at home. No. When God is making you stop and talk, He is making you do something else. That will bring you still income, not make you to sweat. So He asked the disciples, When I sent you without money, without food, without clothing, do you lack anything? He separated them from food. He separated them from money, from even taking clothing. But He asked them, After I made you separate yourself from all these things, did you lack anything? And all the disciples opened their mouth and they said, No, sir. There is no way God will ask you to separate from something and He will never be able to provide for you onto the next level. God will surely provide. God will surely provide. Again, if Sarah had separated from Abraham because of the shortcomings of Abraham, Sarah wouldn't have even been the mother of all nations. Because the covenant of being the father of all nations was sweet Abraham. And by that, Esther, and by that, Sarah had a role to play in that. If she said, oh, Abraham cannot give birth. Abraham is always talking about faith, faith, faith. I'm not seeing any child. Let me leave Abraham. She wouldn't have been the mother of all nations. She wouldn't have been the mother of all nations. There's sometimes when we need patience for things to work out the way God says it to work out. We need patience for things to work out the way God says it should work out. In, in that moment of patience, there are pains. He calls it the fruit of the Spirit. It's what? Long suffering. Long suffering. He makes you to suffer long to develop patience. And after that, when your joy comes, you shout. So, some long sufferings are the will of God. I've been in a position where I was supposed to separate from some things, it was hard for me to do. But I suffered the consequences later on and I had to eventually separate. But the pain was too much. If I had listened then, the pain would have been much more than when I had disobeyed. So I took lessons. I took lessons. It's important for you to separate from some things onto some things. You have to let it. No matter how difficult it is, you have to. When you go, don't pick. When it is necessary to block, you block. But they are not your enemies. 
when you meet someone, hello, hi. Oh, I call you here because, oh, sorry, I, I was doing something. Then you see her. That's all. Now, you see her. One of the things you shouldn't do is that when you meet some old friends, some people who used to know you how you used to be, and they began to talk, hey, what do you say now with your way first team? In that champion, school, who you are your way, please don't involve us, don't encourage such chats. That is not you anymore. Are you here? We are almost waiting, I will show you her. To see how we know be our shit. There is no need to encourage that chat. You are not like that again. No. You are not like that anymore. School, you know you were a dancer everywhere you did battle. I am not like that anymore. I dance for church. End that conversation. Don't encourage some conversations when you go for old school reunion. When you go for some parties, some weddings, you will see old schoolmates. Don't entertain some conversations. Some old friends. And in their bid to make the environment more friendly, they begin to bring back some old things. Hey, you are this person, you think dating, hey, you are cool, you are nice, so don't encourage it. So it will bring some feeling you don't want. End it there. Don't begin to remind you of things. End it there. Sometimes when you meet people that will remind you, your own self, your own mind, your own imagination can remind you of some past there. Some people, you, if I was with this person, maybe it would be good like this. So don't entertain some things. He says we should do away with some imagination, strongholds that can't ask imaginations. Let's do away with them. Let's do away with them. Let's do away with them. It's very key. It's very key. To conclude the message, the book of Second John chapter one verse eight. Look to yourself. Look to yourself. Take care. Take care. That you may not lose. Throw away or destroy mm-hmm. all that we and you have labored in. Mm. For what? That that you may preserve unto you we and receive that encounter to the world for food. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen very carefully. God doesn't only want us to separate ourselves from people or things. He equally wants us to sometimes separate ourselves from ourselves. There are days where God wants you to separate yourself from yourself. Because there are things within you that have the ability to destroy you. And then he expects you to separate yourself from yourself. So that you don't end up destroying yourself. You don't end up destroying what you have built up by your own hands. Says that a wise woman builds a home by a foolish woman builds, destroying her home, her own home by her own hands. So with her own hands she built it. But with her own hands, also she destroys it. Sometimes we need to deliver ourselves from our own selves. Sometimes we ourselves we are the problem. Not anybody in our life. But the problem is we find it much more easy to blame people for our problems. Yes. It's much more easy for us to blame others for our problems than to blame ourselves. Sometimes you should learn how to blame yourself and solve the problem within for a better future. If money is not coming, blame yourself. It's not that my husband is not giving money, my boyfriend is not giving money. If my boyfriend, if we're giving money, like other people are giving me money, like I won't be here, I'll wear nice clothing. They should give you money. You too got to give money. Do you get it? So we begin to think that oh, my husband is a problem, my boyfriend is a problem. He's not paying. He's not being responsible. He yourself, are you being responsible for your own life? Before someone should be responsible for you. You see, let's be responsible. Let's see sir, that sometimes we ourselves have the own problem. Let's see it. Oh my goodness. There was a day where the Lord told Mary to separate herself from Bethlehem and then go to Egypt. Simply because the people in Bethlehem whose king was Herod, wanted to kill the baby Jesus. 
He wants to kill them, Jesus. And because of that, the Lord has instructed her to take the baby away from Bethlehem to Egypt. So he said, she, the Lord is separating Mary and baby Jesus from the people of Bethlehem and separating them into Egypt for them to live and to sustain their life. The other day, the Lord gave an instruction to Mary again to go to Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant. You see, Elizabeth was six months pregnant, yet the people were calling Elizabeth dying. Elizabeth wasn't giving birth. When she finally got pregnant, after six months, people were still calling her barren. Why? She learned how to hit her miracle. She learned how to hit the pregnancy until it finally can expose itself. So when the Lord needed someone to teach Mary on how to save baby Jesus and how to hide the destiny of baby Jesus, Elizabeth was the best candidate. How can I be pregnant for six months and people are still calling me barren? It means that I'm good at hiding things. Some of you are not good at hiding things. Mary had to go and learn from Elizabeth how to hide the baby. Why? To protect baby Jesus from in heaven. To equally protect him from shame. Because Jesus, Jesus, let me tell you plainly. That's why I don't want anyone to shame anyone or Mary and Joseph were dating. And God came into the scene and came to take Joseph from Mary and impregnated Mary. And say now, Joseph, be the father of my child. Take care of the child. That it is plain. Don't spiritualize it. Mary wasn't married before she got pregnant. She got pregnant before Joseph was told to do his their things. And that's why Joseph did not want to believe because Joseph had not slept with Mary before. to shame anybody. You don't have the right to talk about anybody. If only was not worried. That's not wrong. I must say something. But let me say to you, I've lost one member before because they came to ask me some questions about Mr. Sierra Pastor Paul. I hate it when people talk too much, when they talk about some things too much. So if you're talking like that, imagine if it is you. If it was you, will you expect us to talk about you like that? Will you expect other people to talk about you like that? So I don't know what. You don't need to say, or someone else, or you feel bad. You should feel bad. You can't come to me and shame someone in front of me. I want to take such empowerment. People, we shall say, You can to the moon, 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 the the moon, the moon, the moon, the moon, the moon, the moon, the I will just shut you up. I will just no no who are you? I will shut you. Even my sister or even my sisters. I will give it to you. Then I'll buy you. I will. I'm saying even myself, but I don't have to take anyone, no matter where I'm asking. So now, even if she should not be like that to me. For let's say 20 years, and someone has been with me for a year, come to tell me something about you. I won't leave you and go and believe them. I won't go and stand with them. I will stand with you because I can I can attest of your loyalty. Do you understand it? If someone comes to me or Pastor Peter, Pastor Paul or something, and they want to tell me something, I'm gonna buy a six months in buy it. I'm gonna be say, we want to say, we want to say it to Pastor, they say one thing. Now pray for me. If it's here, I'm a sister, I'm a co-owner, I'm a co-owner. We should know loyalty and how to separate ourselves from certain people. I was even talking to an apostle yesterday. He was telling me these same things. 
He was telling that some people wanted them to separate, him to separate from some people, from some members, and he shut them up also. I was like, oh, that, that, it's the same spirit. <laughs> They're in the same track. Yeah. No loyalty. That maybe I'm dating Minister Angie, and someone else in the relationship comes to tell me that Mr. Angie, A, B, C, him, hey, yeah, Mr. Angie is talking with this person. Now, bro, I'm going to say, Mr. Angie, hey, you are you doing there? The person is dead enjoying it. My relationship is being destroyed. No. I have to learn how to trust the person I'm dating. So I'll separate myself from that information and separate myself onto my woman so we can discuss it. It's very key. When it comes to separation also, value loyalty. Value loyalty. Value loyalty is very key. And that is why Mary was sent to Elizabeth. Luke chapter 10, 38, verse scripture. 